It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, April 14th. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. KVMR's Caravan of Love takes to the streets of Western Nevada County this Sunday, and KVMR news intern Julia Jem brings us the details later on in our newscast. But first, we hear from the California Report. They have the latest on news from University of California service workers asking for higher hourly pay and chance of light the beam take over the airwaves as the dubs and kings go head to head. We've got your local news and weekend weather forecast. Then bluegrass musician Lori Lewis joins KVMR's Felton Pruitt to discuss her upcoming performance as part of the Center for the Arts New Songs Festival. This is the California Report. I'm Mari Bolaños in San Francisco. University of California service and patient care workers are calling on the UC Board regents and administrators to increase their minimum wage to $25 an hour and address the housing crisis. They rallied at campuses across the state this week. Liz Perlman is the executive director of AFSCME Local 3299, which represents the more than 30,000 service and patient care technical workers across UC campuses. These are folks who showed up to work every day and took care of COVID patients and took care of students during the height of the pandemic. The university celebrated them as heroes. And today they're facing crushing inflation and the cost of living that's just simply out of control. Bernadette Parker has been a senior custodian at UC San Francisco for 16 years. She says inflation and high cost of living compounded with already low wages have led to low staffing. So you're giving us more work but less money because operational needs still need to be met. And that causes a lot of disgruntledness, unfairness, unappreciated feeling. A new bill in the state legislature authored by Senator Maria Elena Durazo would increase the minimum wage for health workers to $25 an hour. But it does not include health workers at UCs. That's why Parker and others are asking the UC regents to independently increase their minimum wage. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. There's a beam of light bringing people together in Sacramento, where long-suffering basketball fans finally have a reason to celebrate. In tomorrow's Battle of Northern California, the Sacramento Kings are facing off against the Golden State Warriors. And who doesn't love an underdog story? KQED's Bianca Taylor has the story of how the Kings are exceeding expectations this season. To understand why Sacramento Kings fans are so excited right now, you have to understand how hard it's been for us. The Kings have failed to qualify for a playoff for 16 years straight, making them not only the worst team in the NBA, but the worst team in major American sports. And this is a league where over half the teams make the playoffs. So to be bad at that level for a decade and a half through two ownership groups is a really impressive level of ineptitude. That's Patrick Redford. He's a staff writer at Defector Media and a lifelong Kings fan, even if it doesn't make total sense. You know, by any sort of 
rational metric, I should have just become a Warriors fan at some point because I could be happy. But this year, the Kings have shocked Patrick and everyone else by actually being good. They're playing great basketball. They seem to have good chemistry. They have like a good coach for the first time in 16 years. You know, we don't need to have a statistics talk here, but all the numbers say they're actually better than their record is. And also, there's there's the beam. You're going to light this beam? Let's do it. Let's let them light the beam! Bam! The beam. Four lasers that shoot a purple beam of light into space from the top of Golden One Center in downtown Sacramento. The beam was first lit in October 2022 after being cleared by the Federal Aviation Administration. A few weeks later, the Kings took off on a seven-game winning streak. So now the beam lights up the sky after every Kings victory, at home or away. They were playing in Los Angeles, and they were up big on the Clippers in the fourth quarter, and you could hear chants in that building, on the road. Light the Beam has become a citywide rallying cry, and it's everywhere in Sacramento, from T-shirts to socks to the Light the Beam IPA. For a brief moment, the Beam was even listed as a place of worship on Google Maps. And according to Patrick, it's not only Sacramento that's swept up in this Beam madness. I mean, the Kings are probably the feel-good story of the season, and that's coincided with the Beam. Now that the Kings have finally made it to the playoffs, there's an energy in Sacramento that hasn't been there since 2002. Honestly, it's just really nice to watch like a regular basketball team for once and just not feel like a joke. Regardless of how this first round ends, it's undeniable that the Kings, or the Beam team as they're now known, have rewritten their history with three words, light the beam. For the California Report, I'm Bianca Taylor in Sacramento. While the Kings have struggled in recent years, Golden State is looking to build on its dynasty and add a fifth NBA title over the past nine seasons. Draymond Green says their experience helps at this time of the year. The focus level in the playoffs is totally different. Preparation is totally different. So you lean into that uh, a little more and you lean into the know-how. You know what to do. Gary Gerald has been the radio play-by-play voice for the Kings since they moved to Sacramento in 1985. He says the inexperience of the squad could play a key role in the series. How do the Kings respond? You know, can they in fact take the first shot? You know, if they get a little bit of uh, things that don't work in their favor, how do they respond? Can they can they maintain their composure? Gerald says since the beginning, the fans in Sacramento have played a huge role in the team's success. It's always been one of the loudest arenas in the NBA, especially during one stretch in the late 90s to early 2000s. The energy that was on display at the old Arco Arena, the business with the cowbells, Arco Thunder, people stomping their feet on the plywood floors. I mean, it created an atmosphere that was totally off the charts and virtually unlike anything at that time, around the NBA. Don't worry, Southern California fans, we haven't forgotten about you. Both the Clippers and Lakers open their playoff series on Sunday. And that's the California Report for Friday, April 14th. 
We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Brendan Willard, Danny Bringer, Jim Bennett, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Izzy Bloom and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Let's take a look at today's local news. You may notice a bit more color the next time you hop on public transportation at Nevada County Connect's Tinloy Transit Center in downtown Grass Valley. According to the county, the multiple bus stops located on Tinloy Street between Bank and East Bennett Street received a colorful transformation to make the transit hub easier to navigate and more accessible. The Nevada County Transit Division says they aim to create a simple, color-coded visual representation to help riders identify where to wait and board the bus. Quote, Tinloy Station riders can now easily match the curb to the bus they're waiting for, says Transit Services Manager Robin Van Valkenburg. These Tinloy Transit Center upgrades are the first of many planned for the Nevada County Transit System. Currently, signs throughout the transit system are being replaced with new, easy-to-read route maps. Color-coded numeric route decals identifying routes will be added to each sign to complete the project. Van Valkenburg says the project started from a conversation with Connecting Point. He continues, the hope is the changes will make the county transit system more accessible to those who are visually impaired, have trouble reading signs, or are new to the system as a whole. If you're regularly driving through or in Auburn, we've got some road updates for you. Caltrans is alerting motorists of temporary ramp closures affecting westbound Interstate 80 in Auburn. Several ramps will be closed beginning Monday, April 17th through Wednesday, April 19th from 6.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. The three affected ramps are the on-ramp from southbound State Route 49 to westbound I-80, the off-ramp from westbound I-80 to State Route 49, and the on-ramp from Elm Avenue to westbound I-80. Musicians for Peace are holding their previously postponed Ukraine Benefit Concert Sunday, April 23rd at 4 p.m. at Peace Lutheran Church in Grass Valley. The concert was originally planned for the end of February, but was rescheduled due to the severe winter weather some call snowpocalypse. Admission will be by donation, with 100% of the gifted funds sent to Lutheran World Relief earmarked for Ukraine relief. Musicians for Peace is a collaborative of professional musicians living in Nevada County. KVMR's Caravan of Love makes its third appearance on the streets of western Nevada County this Sunday. Here's sassy and classy KVMR news intern Julia Jem with the details. During the heat of the pandemic in early 2021, Nevada County was feeling the societal strain that many other communities across the country were also experiencing. The mixing of isolating quarantine periods and new political tensions created an uncomfortable, unfamiliar air. It was during this time that KVMR board member and broadcaster Paula Galindo conceived the idea for the Caravan of Love event. The event's focus was on coming together responsibly in the midst of social distancing and meant to announce a message of union and friendship. In 2021, Paula said, quote, During these challenging times, it becomes crucial to do what we can to communicate a message of love, peace, hope, and solidarity to communities and individuals. This year, for the first time since its conception, the event will also include a gathering that's set to take place after the caravan route is complete that's meant to serve as a time for members of the community to get to know one another. 
David Shield, vice president of the KVMR board of directors, had this to say about this year's Caravan of Love. The KVMR Caravan of Love, for me, represents the best of the community and the best of how KVMR and the community come together during exceptional times and during normal times and during wonderful times. So the Caravan of Love is about community love, love for the community, love for the people, as opposed to romantic love. He also helped to provide some logistical details. We're going to gather at the Madeline Helling Library parking lot at the Rood Center in Nevada City at about 12. At 12.30, we're going to drive. There's a predefined route. Uh, People will be given the route map and a QR code they can click on to bring up the map on their phone. And it's going to go through Nevada City and over to Grass Valley, and it will end at the Beam Easy Living Center parking lot in Grass Valley. That will be an opportunity for a little meet and greet, well, photo op. Take pictures of your friends. Take pictures of cool cars that are decorated. And please, decorate your cars. Tune in. Turn your radio on. Listen to the Caravan of Love broadcast from 12 till 2 on Sunday. The event is free to attend and takes place on Sunday, April 16th. For KVMR, I'm Julia Jem. And Sunday looks to be a sunny day. Some might say prime motorcade conditions. Now on to the rest of your forecast from the National Weather Service. This weekend sees milder temperatures and light winds for most of our listening area. Weekend temperatures will remain close to average for mid-April. However, cooler temps and a chance of showers and mountain snow may make an appearance on Monday. But the National Weather Service forecast will be back to drier and warmer weather by the end of next week. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 40 degrees. Saturday sunny with a high near 65 degrees. Saturday night will be clear with a low around 43. Sunday sunny with a high near 63 degrees. Winds could gust as high as 20 miles per hour. Sunday night will be partly cloudy with a low around 40. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly clear with a low around 24. Saturday sunny with a high near 56. Saturday night will be mostly clear with a low around 31 degrees. Sunday sunny with a high near 53, breezy with winds up to 30 miles per hour. Sunday night will be mostly clear with a low around 29 degrees. Evening winds could gust as high as 35 miles per hour. The National Weather Service has issued a flood watch due to snowmelt for this area in effect from Saturday afternoon through Monday morning. Creeks and streams will be running high and fast. Be aware that low water crossings may be flooded, and that water will be extremely cold as well, quickly causing shock. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight mostly clear with a low around 44 degrees. Saturday sunny with a high near 73. Saturday night will be clear with a low around 43 degrees. Sunday sunny with a high near 71. Sunday night will be partly cloudy with a low around 46. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Up ahead, Berkeley-based bluegrass musician Lori Lewis joins KVMR's Felton Pruitt to speak about her role in an upcoming local festival. Lewis was encouraged at a young age to play music by her family, but after starting out on piano and violin, a friend took her to the Berkeley Folk Festival, where she fell head over heels for the genre, transitioning to picking songs on the guitar and fiddle. Lewis has toured extensively throughout Europe, China, and Japan, and heads to Grass Valley next weekend. 
We're talking with Lori Lewis. She's going to be performing at the Center for the Arts New Songs Festival. It's happening, uh, let's see, Thursday, April 27th through Sunday, April 30th. It's an amazing festival with Keith Greninger, Lori Lewis, then on Friday night, Iris DeMenn, Saturday night, Ruthie Foster, and then on Sunday, Rita Hosking. So, Lori, you're going to be part of this wonderful festival. Yes, I'm so excited about it. I love all those songwriters, and I'm just really looking forward to sort of hobnobbing with them and listening to their music so close up and exchanging ideas. So it's a new songs fest. That would imply that you have new songs. I do have new songs. I've uh, been working on a new album, and there's uh, quite a number of new songs on there. Some love songs? There are love songs, of course. Yeah. There are loving songs, and there are um, songs of abject misery and a little bit of happiness, too. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) What instruments are you going to be playing this round? Oh, I will play some uh, guitar and some fiddle, and I might even bring my banjo. Okay, I think I will bring my banjo. So it's always great to hear you sing. Now, you did have some voice issues over the last couple of years. I did. I totally lost my voice for about six months, uh, starting in uh, late July of 2021. And um, it took a long time for it to come back. It's still on its way back. I've lost some uh, mid-range notes that I have to figure out how to hit them and I'm working on it. I'm working on, for your listeners who are into this sort of thing, on my mixed voice rather than my chest voice because I can no longer find them in chest voice. And I don't like the sound of my mixed voice. So I've been working on getting a sound that I like on those few notes. Well, I'm sure whatever comes out is going to be beautiful. Thank you so much. Some of my favorite moments in life were just watching you sing at Strawberry during the sunsets on Friday evening up there at Camp Mather. That's always in my memory. Well, in mine, too. What a great place. So, but we get to see you at the Center for the Arts on Thursday, April 27th, and you're playing with Keith Greninger. Yes, we're sharing the bill. We actually won't play together. So I imagine you've known Keith forever. I've known him a long time, but not very well. I'm looking forward to getting to know him a little bit better. Where are you right now? You're out on tour doing other stuff right now, aren't you? I am. I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're playing in Corrales, New Mexico tonight. And then uh, packing up and driving to Gallup, New Mexico to spend the night because we're playing in Phoenix at the MIM, the Musical Instrument Museum, tomorrow. You still doing your river rafting stuff that you used to do? Oh, yes. I can't stay away from the rivers. Tell people about I keep about thinking that. I'm going to get too old, but... I haven't yet. I still um, am able to jump on and off the raft and jump in the water and get out. And I'll be on the Rogue River this year and the Tuolumne. You post a lot of pictures and stuff and stories about it. Where do they go to get all that info? Well, they can go to my website, lorielewis.com, and that probably will say when the river trips are and have a link to how to get in touch with them. And I generally, you know, I post pictures Eh, It tends to be after the trips, you know, I'll post them on Facebook or Instagram or something. Talk about your love of water and rivers and such. The rivers, of course, are the lifeblood of the planet. I try to do everything I can to kind of support people doing river conservation and, uh, you know, fighting the good fight. 
for uh, clean water for everybody, including the fish. A couple of weeks ago, I was hiking on the South Yuba River here, which is our our treasure masterpiece. You know, beautiful. I love thing the here. Yuba. Oh God, yeah. When's the last time you got to go on a nice hike out to like Hoyt's Crossing or something? Let me think. Well, I think it was when I was up in June at the uh, Grass Valley at the Bluegrass Festival. Oh, last year, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Last year, that was probably the last time I was up there on the river. Where are some of your other favorite rivers that we should know about and go canoeing and kayaking or whatever down? Well, the Tuolumne. Now, that's not a very and the area that I raft in is would you wouldn't want to take a canoe there, but uh, people do kayak, and it starts at Merrill's Pool and goes down to Lake Don Pedro. Which uh, the last few years I've been on the river, the river is running all the way down to the put-out bridge, but um, I imagine this year that will be full up in the last few miles of our river trip will have to be towed by a, a little diesel boat or something. We're talking with Lori Lewis. She's going to perform at the Center for the Arts New Songs Fest, which is happening April 27th through the 30th. And she's going to be performing on Thursday, April 27th. Also there that night is Keith Greninger. Lori, it's always wonderful to talk to you about your music and your life and everything. You've just had this great journey through, uh, I guess, performance over the years. Uh- I have. You know, I just feel like I've been so incredibly lucky. This kid from Berkeley, California, falls in love with this music, bluegrass music. And I end up like going on tour with Ralph Stanley and singing with him every night and, you know, meeting Bill Monroe and, you know, meeting my heroes, becoming friends with Sonny Osborne, you know, and I, I just I couldn't imagine that ever really happening. And then uh, I've, yeah, I'm just incredibly lucky, I think. What's next? What, what are your other goals? Like, who else do you want to play with and sing with? Oh, golly. Well, right now, I'm loving playing and singing with my band, which, of course, they won't be with me at the New Songs Festival, except one member will be George Guthrie, who plays banjo and guitar and is a wonderful singer. And he'll be with me at the festival singing and playing. But I... You know, I'm I'm loving playing music in the band, and I just want I want to do that for a while. And there's so many people I like to play music with. You know, I, Dave Alvin is one. I'd like to get back and play with Dave Alvin again. Were, were you a guilty woman at one time? I was a guilty woman. <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> he used to have Dave Alvin and the Guilty Men, and then he went out with Dave Alvin and the Guilty Women, which I loved those tours. Yeah, me too. So some new songs, and you said a new album as well sometime down the road. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure when. It got a little bit held up, and I think we'll be mixing it next week, and then we'll see what happens, how soon we can get the darn thing out. <laughs> and like you said, it's laurielewis.com if people want to go to the website. All right. Yeah. And, uh, of course, April 27th, Thursday, at the Center for the Arts, we get to see you live in person. It's wonderful to have you coming back to our town. Well, it's wonderful to be coming back to one of my very favorite places on earth. So, Everybody, get ready to see Lori Lewis on Thursday, April 27th at the Center for the Arts, uh, our old friend coming back to our town. It's been great talking with you, Lori. Really good talking to you, Felton.
That's our newscast for this Friday, April 14th. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Serino's at Main Street, serving Italian cuisine since 1983. Open Wednesday through Sunday, 11 to 10 p.m. for lunch and dinner. Offering private dining snugs available for customer safety and comfort. Information, serenosatmainstreet.com. And Nevada County Citizens for Choice, promoting reproductive justice and equitable reproductive health care access. Advocacy, education with compassionate services for women, men, and teens. Learn more at citizensforchoice.org. Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendonca. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend.